Welcome to the Rise Inside podcast, hosted by Justin Starbird and powered by Rise Robotics. Listen as host Justin talks to experts from the Rise team about topics relating to mechanical engineering, industrial design, commercialization, and innovation. True collaborations work when ideas are integrated at inception to solve significant problems. Rise Inside brings together how the team continues to work with great folks to commercialize ideas. You're listening to the Rise Inside podcast. Here is your host, Justin Starbird. Welcome back to Rise Inside. My name is Justin Starbird, and today I get to talk to the partner and head of government partnerships of The Engine, Oren Hoffman. Oren, welcome. Thanks, Justin. Great to be here. Yeah, great. Great to have you. Um, today is, uh, we're, I, know, I guess we're doing this in the middle of winter, so we can expect some nasty weather, but um, hope, uh, hope you're staying uh, warm and dry. Yeah, if you hear any rattling in the background, that's just the ice storm hitting the house. So <laughs> I hope the viewers aren't alarmed. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what we got here too. So um, kind of wild. Well, um, you know, Orin, tell me a little bit about uh, the engine and uh, the types of companies that you guys work with. Yeah, so the the engine was originally spun out of MIT. Um, we still have a, a deep relationship with, with MIT as well as uh, several other universities now. Um, but it really started to answer this fundamental question on why so many of these breakthrough technologies that are sitting in academic and government research labs never see commercial success. And not just commercial success, but really when you look to the US industrial base and US global competitiveness, uh, and the challenges facing the world, whether it be human health or climate change, um, it, you know, we we obviously as a nation have <clears throat> massively created these kind of software companies uh, in the '90s and 2000s. And so the engine was born out of the question of, hey, is there a system that we can put in place that helps uh, these tough tech companies, as we call them? Uh, scale into globally impactful companies. Um, and so, you know, a lot of work was done trying to figure out the answer to those questions. And I, I would caveat that, you know, the engine is five years in now, but we still consider this an experiment. Um, and so we are, you know, we, we start programs, we end programs, we lean into to things, um, all kind of uh, in a founder focused way to help uh, whatever it is that our companies and, and the broader tough tech ecosystem need. Um, so the, the, the kind of high level is that the engine is kind of three things. There's, uh, we are a typical venture capital fund with the exception that we are, we have patient capital. So we have an 18 year fund life, which is pretty unusual in the industry. Uh, and that's to kind of account for the fact that most of these companies that have some piece of hardware usually generally just have longer windows to in product development and, and whatnot. Um, so we are a patient capital fund. Uh, we host infrastructure. So right now we have 40,000 square feet of space that has both kind of office co-working space, but almost more importantly is lab space. One of the, the big kind of step functions that a, a tough tech company has to go to is spending a lot of capex, uh, a lot of money on setting up lab space. So uh, we have wet labs, bio labs, chem labs, maker spaces uh, with a lot of capital intensive equipment so that companies can spend a couple of years in residence at the engine 
while they're kind of scaling and figuring out exactly what kind of lab space they need before they then move out into their own spaces. And we're actually about to open up a 200,000 square foot facility just down the block from the engine that will be kind of a double click on, on, on that infrastructure experiment uh, with the inclusion of industrial space uh, and lab space. So that's, that's really exciting for us and I think the ecosystem. And then the third piece, is this idea of network. So, you know, it, it is certainly the case that private capital is critical uh, for any company that's growing, but there are relationships, and I think RISE is really emblematic of this, between government, between academia, between corporates uh, to do corporate pilots and, and collaborations and tech transfer. And so we really spend a lot of time nurturing this tough tech network uh, and kind of bringing people into the tent uh, to help rise the tide for the tough tech ecosystem. So those are the kind of three pillars of, of the engine. Can we right now, like go ahead and plan an interview for each one of those three things? Because <laughs> I, I feel like we could go into so much depth uh, on each of those and just the vision that the team has. And, and uh, you know, the fact that I, one of the, the coolest things I think you just said is that, you know, you're five years in, but you're still considering this an experiment. And, uh, you know, th that just means that the best idea is always going to win. And I, I think that's so cool when you take that to, you know, uh, the founder centric approach that you guys have. So um, I, I think that's our follow up. So anybody listening, this is only part one, we're going to do more. <laughs> uh, but that said, Oren, uh, you know, you've got a cool title too, though, um, as a, a partner and uh you know, the, the head of government partnerships. Um, tell me about, about that role. Yeah, so first and foremost, what gets me up in the morning is working with founders. Um, you know, the, the ability to use my operational experience in tough tech um, and kind of be a sounding board, um, a confidant, uh, a board member for these companies uh, and just seeing both the common challenges that kind of every new company has uh, that we can kind of not just bring our experience as the engine to bear, but as important, bring other founders in to share their exper experiences. So this whole idea of co-location and creating this founder community that uh, will help each other is, is a real key part of the engine, engine mission. Um, on, on the government side of the house, you know, I had the privilege of spending three years uh, at the Department of Defense working at Defense Innovation Unit as a senior government civilian and CTO, uh, trying to figure out how to better leverage venture capital and kind of non-traditional startups that don't generally engage with, with government. And so kind of seeing how that sausage is made allows me to then uh, look across our portfolio at companies that have the opportunity to collaborate with government in a number of different levels, whether that's early stage non-dilutive capital or regulatory reform or standards uh, or, you know, longer uh, growth stage project finance. Um, there's kind of areas where the government no longer is the dominant funder of tough tech or just kind of our national R&D in the way that they were in the 50s, but the government can play key roles at different inflection points in a company's journey. RISE is a great example of this um, where, you know, their collaboration with the DOD 
both helps from a research and development product development standpoint, it can also lead to uh, future significant procurement uh, from the government. Um, but also, you know, as important is, you know, the government has amazing test facilities. Uh, mill standards are taken very seriously by industry. And so when you're trying to disrupt a slow moving, generally conservative industry, having a bunch of, you know, DOD labs put a stamp of approval on your technology can be a huge lift on the commercial market. So mm -hmm. we try to figure out these leverage points uh, between government and kind of commercial roadmaps of companies. And not all companies have those, but uh, when, when they do and when we can execute, um, it can be really additive. Do you help companies identify, you know, if they have a dual use, uh, you know, opportunity? Because I got to imagine in your role, you know, where you see a lot, you know, commercial properties, uh, commercial, um, you know, uh, projects, it, do you see opportunities to talk to founders about, you know, bring it to the to government and vice versa? Yeah, I've, <laughs> it's funny. I, I you know, I've, I've been around the block in government enough, both on the private side and, and inside government that, I can tell pretty quickly um, when you know we're even just looking at a company before investment whether there is uh, an opportunity for for engagement with the government, and then a lot of the work there. And we we do some of this internally. We do some of this with consultants. We do some of this with government partners. But really, the the question that we ask with the founders once you know we've made an investment is, hey, <clears throat> you know, what kind of engagements with the government will be productive? and not overly distract, distracting from your commercial roadmap. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, working with the government is always gonna be somewhat distraction, distracting. And so it really comes down to a more nuanced question of, you know, is, is the juice worth the squeeze? Right. Um, in many cases um, it is, and in some cases it is. Yeah, absolutely. You keep using a, a term, and I heard, I've heard uh, Dulcie talk about it, you know, previously, um, and that's tough tech. What does tough tech, you know, mean mean to you? It's a great question. Um, and as part of this experiment, it's it's an ever evolving um, target. We, we decided, you know, some people call the general area that we invest in. You know, there's deep tech, there's frontier tech. Um, there's lots of different terms. Um, we we decided to kind of call tough tech. Tough tech is something different. Um, than the usual investment lexicon, because we really wanted to highlight um, some of the key differences in how we view company growth. You know, one example of that is, uh, you know, in a general sense, you know, deep tech embraces this idea of there's a breakthrough technology in science, and as it moves into kind of engineering and maturation, uh, where you can start thinking about spinning out a company. Um, you know, those, those, a lot of people invest in those kind of deep tech companies uh, with different strategies. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we take a very founder centric view where we believe that the technologists that created the technology uh, can grow into great leaders of those companies. Other investors believe that, you know, you need to bring in an MBA CEO or whatnot. Um, which, you know, sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. And, and again, this is, this is an experiment. But when you think about a, you know, a, a fusion company, uh, you know, where you're, you're working for 15, 20 years uh, on scaling a company, there's both the passionate and authentic connection to the technology, but 
it, it is also, there's just a significant amount of engineering and product development and kind of market fit that we believe that, you know, the, the, or the, the researchers that, that, that were contributors to these breakthrough technologies uh, can level up uh, in terms of their kind of business and leadership skills um, while still having that, you know, deep grounding in the technology. Um, and so that's, that's I think, a, a, a significant uh, differentiator in, in what we believe uh, is tough tech. Sure. So it sounds like you, you know, you're investing more in the founders and their ability to have a vision with their ideas versus, you know, just the ideas themselves. Uh, I think that's a, that is, I'd love to take credit for that, but that's, that is common across, um, I think most experienced and successful investors is, you know, uh, you always want a big market. You always want a good idea, but you know, in the, in the four criteria of investment, it's, it's, you know, founders, 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 and then big idea. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, a founder is not going to go through one problem They go through a dozen walls before they reach, uh, you know, the success that and, and global impact that, that they want to see. And so if we don't believe that a founder is authentically committed to that journey, um, you know, we have to pass on a lot of great technologies and a lot of potentially financially lucrative markets um, because, you know, either the, the vision of the founder is not aligned with the kind of engine vision um, or, you know, the, the founder is, is just not committed to, to that journey. Yeah. Um, but luckily, you know, a, a lot of our founders might not have deep experience, a lot of first-time founders, so not a lot of deep experience with entrepreneurship, um, but pretty quickly in a conversation with these amazing human beings, you, you figure out whether, you know, they have this huge vision for what this technology that they may have spent, you know, eight, 10 years on, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, working on developing. And so they've, they've, they've certainly, mo most of them have spent quite a bit of uh, their evening hours kind of dreaming about what, what these technologies could achieve in the world. And so um, it's pretty apparent when, when folks have that, that spark. Sure. And you, and you hope that it's only 12 walls that they have to get over, right? Yeah, right. That's probably it. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, you know, I'm fortunate to be able to, you know, have, uh, Aaron Acosta, Blake Sessions and the rest of the founding team at my disposal to talk to you about a number of different things, but what was it that was intriguing about rise, you know, that attracted, you know, the engine? to them well you know it's I, I guess starting um kind of in in reverse order here um you know the the idea of seeing a potential for a market disruption is something that always excites uh, investors and especially excites the engine um you know we we saw rise as having this vision of you know, there's this incredibly dirty, incredibly carbon intensive industry out there. And there's so much capital and focus going into the electrification of automobiles. And there's really just a lot of kind of token investments, uh, especially on the corporate side in trying to electrify this, you know, phenomenally impactful area of heavy machinery. And, you know, rise held you know they have a, had a compelling vision of 
that Rise Technology held the pivotal key in unlocking the electrification of a lot of these industries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that that out of the gate was exciting. And then you know you meet the team, and you know I, I think I started my meetings with with Aaron and Blake, and you know you spend five minutes uh, in a room with Blake and you realize you're, you know, in the presence of one of the world's, you know, most uh, inspired and brilliant, you know, mechanical engineers, although he he really uh, uh, operates across the fields of engineering uh, as great engineers tend to. Um, And so, you know, incredibly compelling, you know, CTO and then Aaron, is just a you know phenomenal sales CEO. So even as a small company, they were able to get a product um, a relationship with a significant market area at a stage that most companies couldn't have made that kind of a deal. And so that kind of gave us uh, confidence that you know even in an industry like I said that is conservative and has slow sales cycles, this was a company that combined kind of focus laser focus on product development and kind of business opportunities with this amazing technical team that could actually execute on this vision. And so the combination of those two elements uh, really kind of pushed us over the line to, uh, to make the investment in Rise. Absolutely. So what, what, do you, what does the engine do today you know, with Rise um, to help you know, them realize those, those visions of the team? So I, I think you, you know, as as with with any um, investor relationship with a company, we we try to be flexible to whatever a company needs at a given time. Whether it's you know supporting fundraising, you know, helping with with pitches, giving a giving neutral pers- perspectives, or helping with kind of coordinating corporate introductions, uh, helping with thinking through organizational. Uh, uh, charts and and hiring priorities. Um, really, it's uh, you know I I meet with the team um, you know once a week in addition to board meetings, and it's those kind of weekly check ins that we're just a a sounding board. Um, and you know the engine team, you know there's probably at this point well you know twenty some odd people with totally diverse backgrounds and experience, and so on any given week. Uh, the team might say, "Hey, you know, we're we're thinking through this HR issue, you know, mm-hmm. and I can give my perspective, but more importantly, you know, I can pull in the the engine member that has deep expertise in there, in that area, or you know, hey, we have this, you know, marketing question, you know, and we can pull in our our, our marketing PR folks, and uh, so you know, we really look at the engine as a team of teams approach in supporting these companies, really with." whatever they need at a given time. And honestly, sometimes it's just, you know, being, being an entrepreneur and a leader of a company, uh, sometimes the, the light is shining and sometimes it's raining. And, you know, sometimes you just, uh, you know, need, need someone to kind of talk to and, and support you and have a beer with, and, and we're there for that as well. So, so sometimes um, therapist, the, <laughs> right? The therapist and counselor when necessary. <laughs> So that's great. Uh, talking to Oren Hoffman, partner and head of government partnerships for the engine. You're listening to Rise Inside. 
Orin, one of the things that you just mentioned that you do or that you help with and that the engine helps with is uh, connecting companies to your portfolio of companies. Uh, so far, you guys have been quite successful in attracting rise to companies and corporations that are quite forward thinking. How does that introduction happen or, or you know, how do you put yourself in a position to be able to, you know, put everybody in a room? Well, let me just first say that we we take the what I hope is a is a humble perspective that we try to facilitate where we can, but it is always the team that is leading those efforts, and you know we we augment where where needed. Uh, and so Rise um, has done a phenomenal job. Um, you know they brought in uh, when they realized that you know their pipeline was getting so large that you know, given their, their day jobs, they, they couldn't possibly support. Uh, they brought in Ken Gray, who's a phenomenal addition to the team uh, to kind of organize that pipeline and bring rigor and a lens through which to, to view opportunities. Uh, recently, Andrew Rook joined the team uh, with a deep kind of financial and growth experience that will help the team in their next phase. So, uh, a big part of you know what we do is kind of talk through with the team about hey what what humans do you need around you at different points in your growth uh, to really accelerate and, and optimize the use of resources for that growth. Um, to get to the meat of your question, you know we we have a a deep network uh, that we utilize kind of ad hoc in introductions. We also host. Uh, a BD day where we bring in uh, both kind of corporate and government stakeholders to meet with the whole portfolio. We have our Tough Tech Summit, which is a massive convening of the community, uh, which is a great opportunity for teams to give the community an update on where they are and uh, make those kind of networking connections. Uh, and we host a, a lot of smaller events through the year where you know, as I, I think you're you're picking up on, there's a there's a theme in kind of how the engine uh, operates, which is this idea of convening. Um, yep. And so um, we 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 put a lot of effort into that. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty clear, and it's pretty exciting uh, because there is so much that can come out of those things. What have you done over the last eighteen months or so? You know, via COVID, how how have you been able to take something that's such a core principle for you and um, and adapt. I, I think it's uh, it's really just fundamentally the the team. Um, you know, we we every, everybody is is deeply committed and uh, humble enough to acknowledge when we're wrong and we've misstepped, and and we are pretty quick about recalibrating and revectoring. Um, as any business needs to be, um, you know, it's it's a little bit like marketing, where half of what you do, you don't know whether it's valuable or not. But we hope net net uh, that we are we are generally kind of vectored in the right direction and providing the support that that we need to provide. Sure, where you take such a patient approach, uh, you know, and, and actually go out uh, on and even. Um, make that something that is unique and different about the engine you know how do you see forward what is next on the horizon and, and what are some trends that you're seeing um so you know we we generally don't invest by thesis um 
you know, we, we invest in three main categories just because those are buckets that we use for <laughs> communication mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, are kind of the, the broad buckets of global impact that we've identified in terms of climate change, human health, and um, infrastructure, advanced systems. Um, so, you know, I think all of us have our own different interest areas, but we are so founder focused that, you know, we, we look at uh, a founder, their idea, the potential market, and the potential for global impact for good. And if the all of those boxes are checked, then you know we we don't need a a, a thesis to have gone into that uh, meeting with that founder. Um, that said, for me in particular, um, you know I think that climate is certainly getting a lot of attention um, from all across the board. Um, and so that's you know clearly an exciting area. Um, I think mobility and kind of our system of systems, our infrastructure, you know, is about to to make some dramatic inflection points. You know, if you think about intelligent vehicles or electrification, you know, the individual cars and machines have sort of been released over the last ten years, and now there's a question of okay, what are the things that we need at a more systems level um, that that will make these kind of individual widgets more effective. I think that that is a really interesting area uh, that will require an even deeper coordination between individual companies and other companies, as well as government, because uh, a lot of those are going to be significant infrastructure uh, changes. Awesome. Well, you know, we're certainly looking forward to, you know, all that is on the horizon and, you know, the way in which not just uh, the engine, but the way in which, uh, you know, the companies that you're working with are able to, in fact, you know, create change in their spaces. So uh, Rise is just, uh, you know, humbly happy to be in that spot and and have the chance to um, affect so many uh, different use cases. So um, so that's really cool. Uh, Orrin, you know, thank you so much for, for joining me on this uh, snowy afternoon, icy afternoon. <laughs> yeah, it's been really, really great to, to talk to you. Yeah, likewise, Justin. And I would just, uh, you know, for, for the listeners out there that are thinking about kind of rise in the context of uh, this whole movement, you know, we look at the movement as a lot of different pieces that need to come together. Um, in order to affect real global change. So, you know, in the, in the way that we view kind of rise is, hey, you know, clearly there needs to be some fundamental change in the way that we build heavy machinery to, to create that electrification push across the entire hydraulics industry, which is massive and everywhere. Um, and that will help augment other companies that are working on, well, where is that electricity going to come from? And can we, can we make sure that that is clean? And where is it going to be stored? And is the storage going to be able to be put at, you know, ports where rise machineries will, will be operating so that, uh, you know, the electricity is as cheap and clean as possible and in the right place when it's needed. And so there are, there are so many different companies and people working at different components and I think, you know, Rise is playing this critical piece of this in this electrification movement. Uh, but it, it is really exciting to us that, that they, are, they are this kind of pivotal linchpin 
in this broader effort of electrification that uh, a lot of our different companies as well as other companies in the tough tech ecosystem are working. So it's going to be an incredibly exciting next decade to see how these companies and technologies and products come together to, to really create global change. So, um, you know, we're just, we're over the moon at being able to work with folks like this. Yeah. I mean, you guys are right in that spot to be able to connect everybody. And I think that's, what's so cool about it. Um, and listening to you and, and, uh, you know, knowing more about the, the, the vision and the mission of, of the engine to, to, to bring people together and then your patient approach. I mean, I think that's, that it, it has got to give the folks that you do work with a lot of security and, um, you know, an opportunity to, to feel free to go deeper and wider in their space, right? Like where you're, you're providing, uh, like you, you're mentioning the different physical spaces, but me mentally too, I, I got to believe that for founders that, um, that you do work with, knowing that you're there, not expecting results immediately, of course, results uh, eventually, but, but that um, you give them the space to be able to do that. I, I think that's got to be, you know, something that you get so much feedback for as well. That's exactly right. We, 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 and we want our founders to be what we call impatiently patient. Um, so I think that's a good, good summary of, of where we are and where the community is. Um, so yeah, I, I want to thank you for letting me spend a little bit of time with you. It's been a really fun conversation, Justin. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like I said, I think as we started this off, this should be just part one. We have another, another, uh, couple parts to go to dig deeper into this. So Oren, thank you so much for joining me. Appreciate it. Likewise. You've been listening to the Rise Inside podcast presented by Rise Robotics. On behalf of our guest today and host Justin Starbird, thank you for listening. Please share your feedback on our LinkedIn page, linkedin.com slash company slash rise dash robotics.